Episode seven. Salutations. <laughs> Greetings and salutations. Okay, well, that's what I was going to say. Welcome to episode seven of the For Discussion's Sake podcast. Episode seven. We're moving up in the world. Wow. We've said that every episode. So many. We've said it every episode <laughs> since episode five, but episode five was a low <sighs> point. A very low point. In fact, Definitely. I wish we could just erase it from history. But it's fine. Episode six goes up later, so that should be better. Um, now I do want to say something about episode five and six. Uh, first off, I'd like to apologise for the timing mix-up, and well, it was really a mix-up. It was just a mess-up. One didn't go out on time because it was drear, and I, oof, editing it was horrendous trying to and make then episode six went up yeah trying to make it as interesting as possible with as many sound sound effects as i could um but yeah uh they they should be up on the regular wednesday or thursday or friday <laughs> basically they should be up regularly every every day not every day they should be up regularly once a week on the wednesday if not, it'll be the Thursday. Yeah, very much. Or the Friday. Or the Friday, or the Monday, <laughs> or the Tuesday. Um, we don't work weekends, so no. not Saturday. Um, I was going to ask you how your week's been, but then again, I don't think there's much going on. Unless there's anything no. you want to talk about. Mm, I don't think there is. I mean, the most exciting... The most ex- the most excited thing I did was buy one of the records that we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. Oh, oh no. I... That's not the most exciting thing that happened. Um, I found that song that I sent you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, after months of hearing about how great she is and that she's like a pop star, but she's great, I finally checked out Aurora. And, uh, yeah, she she lives up to the hype. Definitely does. Yes. If um, she releases some, it will probably cover it. Well, she put a single out last month, so right. there probably will be an album coming. Yeah. And I quite like to cover it. But. Yeah. Interesting news. There is no single of the recent times. Oh. I mean, we would have done Fontaine's, with, what's it called, televised mind. But, yeah, something like that. Uh, after listening to it a couple of times, I realised it was one of the most boring things I'd heard all year. And there was no oh, point, and that, there's no and point after in episode it. six, after episode six, I think half the stuff we covered, we just said it was boring and average. Yeah, pretty uh, much. I think we're pretty much sick with boring and average stuff, at least for the meanwhile. Yeah. You never know what might come in the coming weeks. Well, it's, it's just because, you know, I put it on and went, oh, the drums are pretty big on this song. Get into it. And then suddenly it just does that Fontaine's thing where wherever you think it's going to go, it doesn't. It just goes yeah. into a Fontaine's bit and then ends up having the singer, I've forgotten his name because I don't care about him that much, uh, 
doing the typical Fontaine's thing where he says the same line over oh. and over and over in the Irish and accent. Over. Yeah. Let's just put it this way. There was no point in us talking about it because three quarters of the song is just televised my... And that's just like three quarters of the song. <laughs> pretty much. And it's interesting that you say we are done with boring and bland things for now. Because this week is anything but boring yeah. and bland. So, yeah. no single. So we're going to move straight into the albums of the week. Last week, Foxjaw. What else is there to say? The debut album from the Bristolian Five Piece, I think. I think uh, they're yeah. Five Piece. Foxjaw with their debut album, Royal Swan. I think they're a Five Piece because there's definitely two guitars. I know that much. But whether they have a separate singer, I don't know. Oh well. Who knows? Anyway. Yeah. The debut album. Royal Swan. It has been highly anticipated for me. Um, I can confirm it is a five band member. Yeah. It, it is a five <laughs> band member. That's a total me thing to do. Um, so, yeah. Um. I have a little bit of experience. I had a bit of experience with these before going into them. Uh, in the fact that I was just reading through. I can't remember what it was. I was just reading through like articles online one day and then I saw this band have come out with a new single. It's called Half House. Everyone go check it out. And I was like, okay, I sort of respect this publication, so I'm going to go do that. And I was like, Jesus Christ. This is what I wanted from my life. And then they released Triple AAA. Well, just Triple A. I don't know how you say it. Uh, and it was at that point that I showed Jared. Yes, we were on a field. We were. Uh, I remember Kevin telling me about it. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I was... downloaded the singles. I'm pretty sure Half House and Triple A have been released by that. Or it might have been like the day before Triple A had been released. No, they were both released. Because right, I showed okay. them both. But I remember you attached onto Half House more. Yeah. But um, essentially, I went home and I listened to both the EPs that they had out. My favourite one is the second one. Just for anyone that cares. Probably not many people. Um, yeah, and then a couple of weeks later, obviously, they released You Don't Drink a Unicorn's Blood. And then Teething came out like a week before the album. And then here we got placed with the album. I'm going to throw it to Jared because I've just talked for a minute. Um, I'm just going to point out, we did review um, the Unicorn's Blood one. Yep, we did. For a single, uh, of, a recent single of the week. Yeah, single of recent, recent times. Recent times. Yeah, so we did You Don't Drink a Unicorn's Blood on episode... I'd like yes, episode four. The best one. 
yes, the best one we've done so far. <laughs> uh, so go check that out. If yeah. you haven't. I mean, I'm yeah, if you haven't, why haven't you? Go listen we have to, to throw that in at go, least once every podcast. Go listen to them all yeah. in a row, in order. Uh, so yeah. And then that'll take you to 8pm. <laughs> As I say, I'm going to pass over to Jared to yeah. give, well, just to start off what he wants to say. If you can think, <sighs> if you can, if you can find a place to start, that is. I, I cannot. There's not words that describe this album word no brain work (laughs) Uh. it's sort sort of what I think has been missing as of late in the sort of genre uh, here we go his first discussion point what yes. what uh, genre are you putting there? Because well, I'd probably See, I was just gonna say rock rock in general, right? Because there's sort of a bit of everything on here. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So let's see what Apple Music says, oh, God. and then whatever Apple Music says, I will either agree with it or disagree with it and then I'll find what I want but okay so I definitely do not agree with this <laughs> Apple Music class it as prog rock slash art rock uh yeah that's <laughs> not what I'd it's not what I'd quite describe it as but no it yeah it's it's got sl- it's got like underground feels <laughs> wow I just used the <laughs> Let's <laughs> just go off to a great start. So it it sounds it has certain sounds and certain things that remind me of underground music. Yes. As well as it's got rock, as you said. Um, it's you know it's a rock album. It's like underground rock. <laughs> is that it? No, but that's all I could call it at the minute. Okay. Underground well, rock. Underground melodic rock. There we go. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will agree with you on the fact that it, this is sort of what I think we've been missing. Just yeah. the rock scene in general. Because... Um, these are part of that scene which I'm now starting to see as like the the dominant scene right now that's growing in terms of like UK rock. Not just not like commercially, but as in like quality wise. Yeah. I put these in the same sort of Ironically, loads of them from Bristol as well. Um <laughs> you know um they're going on tour with them so why wouldn't they put in the same group as them uh, I sort of group these with bands like Black Peaks and probably St. Pierre Snake Invasion although I saw, yeah. I sort of see Snake Invasion St. Pierre Snake Invasion as a separate thing right if you know, and that, but that's just because um I think Foxdraw and Black Peaks have some similarities in their 
sound because of the heaviness that they're willing to go through. But yeah, to bring it back to the point, I do agree that this is sort of what Rock's been missing for a while. Yeah. Something that sort of collates everything. You know, there's probably going to be some person come messages going, Yeah, what about this album that was released in March? And just did all this kind of stuff, but better. Don't care. This is better. Even if I haven't heard what you're about to say, this is better. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm going I'm to I'm gonna impose a very tough situation on you now. What if someone messages you with race cars, race car backwards and says... I know it's not new, well, but... Well, arguably, this album covers more territory. Yes. Is what I'd say. Yeah. This album, compared to like something like Race Car, or like any Ruben album, really, the, this album's compared to Ruben quite a lot, and I can see why. Yeah, but I think, is. But I think this album covers more ground than a Ruben album. Yeah. You know, I think it covers more ground than a Black Peaks album or a Hundred Reasons album or something like that. Because although those bands, those records are great, they're fucking fantastic, um, none of them, I don't think, incorporate as many different subgenres into one piece of yeah. art. The only time yeah. I can think about it is maybe on Devolver. Right. You no know, Lemon's solo album. Yeah. But then again, is that as good as this? It's a tough one. Yeah. I'd probably rather listen to this than any Lemon solo album, if I'm honest. Right. I'd probably have to agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not, let's just let's just spend the next hour comparing these to Lemon. <laughs> uh, no, but. Uh, yeah, you know, it it's sort of like, uh, so it's like, oh, what's the opening track called? I've forgotten. Uh, yeah, so there's the instrumental at the start, charging pair of horses, which doesn't do anything because it's an instrumental opener. Yeah, and then it goes into trophies in the attic, which, um, has this almost like indie feel to it. At least yeah. in the verse, at least in the verse, it has this indie feel where you feel like you could turn on like MTV Rock or Kerrang and see this being played. But then yeah. you know, then like the chorus comes in, that massive, massive heavy chorus, and then that's where you go, oh, okay, they're not what I thought they were. Yeah, you know that, that's kind of the theme throughout the album. You hear one thing, and just as you get used to hearing that one thing, they flip it. You know, because yeah. I, I did write, I did write about that on mine. I was gonna say, I think "Trophies in the Attic" is probably out of all the songs on the album, it was the best decision for an opener. Yeah. Do you have anything specific to say about the song? Because I know you like your production. No. Uh, not particular about the song. Um, I mean, in general, the production was. I was gonna, I was gonna say, let let's segue on to the production then. Yeah. Um, I would say, probably, 
probably. This is gonna be a bold statement coming from me. Probably the only thing in my eyes. It's my opinion. Don't get all pissy about me. Um, probably the only thing in my eyes that stops this album being a ten out of ten. It's one of the problems that I've talked about on this podcast before. I've talked about it on a few of the episodes with different albums. Uh, I think yeah. I mentioned it with the Sugar Horse album. Can't remember what else I mentioned it on, but I know I've mentioned it a few times. Um, sometimes the production for me gets too big. Yeah. Sometimes the vocals sort of get pushed into the back. The guitars sort of get pushed forward. Yeah. But then, like, the drums, the cymbals are really loud because he's playing his ride like a crash, you know? So, like, sometimes it's only at really odd points. Like, random, random points in, like, yeah. two of the songs, three of the songs. I just feel everything sort of gets mushed together. Which is probably what they were going for, to be honest. Knowing these yeah. lot, but, you know, to me, it just sort of took me out of the music and what I was trying to do because it became this thing of I can't hang on to anything like I couldn't hang on to a beat or a riff because everything was yeah. just sort of bouncing off of each other yeah well for the most part I think you'll agree the production's pretty darn good yeah very you, good you know you're, you're the technical production man <laughs> you, got, you got any you want to say about it Uh, no I agree with what you were saying that in places it's a bit mushy um, I also I can't remember what song it is because I didn't write it down uh, Epic. but I did think that in some places the mixing was slightly off in that the vocals could have been more prominent or, uh, and the guitars could have taken a, more of a back seat but apart from the mixing issues and the mushiness in like those two places production's very very good uh, yeah. I think that, that's the whole thing of the whole album though, isn't it? The, the guitars yeah. are big the whole thing about the album is you know sort of look how big our guitars are look yeah. how loud they are we're going to shove them at you look how loud we are look how heavy we are that I get mm, the drums do get a bit lost occasionally. Yeah. Not a lot. No. For the most part, it's as I said a minute ago, pretty good all round. But as I say, it's just those specific points. Yeah. You know, then you get a song like Triple A, or probably a better example is Teething, where yeah. everything's pretty much perfect. You know, Triple A has, you know, it has a bunch of reverb on it. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah. It's what this band do. But then times it's like really precise with what you can hear. I think probably Teething is a better example of that where, you know, it's, it's big, but when it wants to not be big, it focuses on the different subs, not subsections, individual parts of the track to make them as precise as they can be which is what yeah. makes the song as good as it is 
Yeah. Then obviously, the last two tracks are just a a montage of just what's going on. Yeah. You know, the song "Bats for Bleeding" is <laughs> some of the some of the lyrics on it are great because uh, I think "Bats for Bleeding" is the one that has. Is it um, Elvis's velvet pelvis? <laughs> but, oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. That, that's just out of nowhere. Like in the lyrics, that that one line is just out of nowhere. It makes no sense contextually. But yeah. Here's a point. Do you prefer the big, heavier sections like the choruses, or do you prefer the more precise prog rock tinged bits like the verses and? Mm, right, okay. Uh, Sorry, I just kind of put you on the spot there. Yeah, it, it, it's a tough one. Um, generally, I like the bit, like the end of the prog rock section into the big chorus, big bits. Yeah. I find them quite, like, the most enjoyable. If I had to pick a certain section, I'd probably go the chorusy bits. Yeah, I think there's something just about hearing like an anthemic big chorus. Yeah. That just people like. Also, a lot of bands don't do them anymore. Yeah. Because I can't, I can't remember when it was. At some point this millennium it became cheesy to start doing big anthemic choruses and I don't know why. Because... If you can do it, if you can do something like that, then great. It, it, people will sing a lot and things like that. Um, okay, then. I'm going to pose another question that you've probably considered, but you might not have. Favourite track? Ooh. It's a tough one. It, yeah, it's definitely tough. There's lots that are the same, in my opinion. There's probably one track that I like least less than all the others yeah um if I had to go full track uh you you don't drink a unicorn's blood springs to mind um half house see half house was my favourite of the singles and right. it's definitely up there for best song but I think it's hmm I can't remember which one it is it might be Infinite Badness the one that's right. got that the one that's got the synth melody in the chorus and then it ends with the um. boom 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 that one I can't remember which song right. it is for some reason. That one's definitely up there. But right. I, I don't think I could possibly pick one. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think probably my favourite, you know, proper kicking the teeth. Like, probably my favourite moment on the album is in Trophies in the Attic. Yeah. Where yeah. they don't play a chord. They're just fucking whacking the strings of the guitar. It's where it's where it's essentially in the bit near the end. I think it's just going into that last final section of the song. 
where yeah. everything cuts out and they just go, there will be trophies in the attic. And then they just... Bah, bah, and they just fucking just start whacking the strings of the guitar. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's something chaotic about it, but I love it. Yeah. I mean, I hear Ruben. I hear probably early Biffy Clyro. I yeah. hear Queens of the Stone Age on this. But then again, at points I hear more indie central yeah. things. Like, some of the choruses, if you switched them around a bit, made them a lot more 90s sounding, could probably be like, um, could probably be like Stone Roses choruses or something like that. Yeah. There was one bit on this album that I remember thinking sounded a lot like the Smiths. I can't remember what it is because I was listening to it as I was walking and forgot to make a note, but... Uh, yeah, I just remember there was a point where there was like one line sung and I went, well, that could be a Morrissey melody. Yeah. So, um, one of the final things I want to bring up, I know you probably have a bit more to say about it. One of the things I like to pick up is, um, this album, yes, musically, is quite interesting. But like we touched on at the start, I think something quite important to real, like think about is the sort of cultural importance of it. Yeah. In the fact that I feel this album could be quite important. Right. Like, without sounding offensive to the band, I doubt this album's going to pick up major mainstream attention. Yeah. I doubt it's going to suddenly, you know, get put in, you know, Kerrang!, Actually, no, it probably would because the EP got reading correct. As in, like, I doubt you're gonna see people on like Radio One going, Hey, listen to these. I mean, apart from Daniel Picard, because Daniel Picard is cool, but yeah, you know, they I don't think they'll achieve that main on this album anyway. Who knows where they'll go from here on the yeah. back of this album? I don't think they'll achieve that big mainstream rock success, you know, like the you know, when you listen to Radio One in the afternoon or something then like in between Lady Gaga and the weekend or something the person who's DJing will go here's a cool new rock tune for you and then they'll play like Wombats or some shit and you'll go really yeah. you're gonna pick that for the rock song I yeah. don't think they'll get there but yeah, I have a feeling as time goes on as this album sits with people as it's recommended, as they make more music in general, like second album, more stuff. In a few years, I won't be surprised if they were on big headline tours. Yeah. Like, I won't be surprised if in a couple of years they are headlining, I don't know, some of the O2s, like O2 Academies. Right. Prob yeah. Possibly Roxy. Actually, maybe not Rock City, maybe like Rescue Roomsy. So, yeah. But, you know, considering they are going on their debut tour next February and they're playing venues like The Cookie, which can yeah. fit like, what, 150 people in? 200? Yeah. That's mad for a band that yeah. sounds this big, this like professional. I th yeah, I think in the years to come, these will become some of the... this group will be one of the big heavy hitters in the UK scene. Yeah. Along with, you know, your Black Peaks and 
that lot. Yeah. Then again, I could say the same about Loathe, which we covered last week. Yeah. I won't be surprised if Loathe get big. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It, I think give it a bit of time. Yeah. If you give this album a bit of time for more people to get used to the sound, the weird, twisted stuff that this album makes, I think people will get more used to it and begin to like it. Yeah. Especially if they start covering more ground in like the second album. Yeah. That sort of sounds like impossible, but, you know, who knows what these are capable of. Second yeah. album, they could come in and start using hip hop beats and samples and shit. Yeah, I'd be mad. I would be mad. It, it. Do you have a, Do you have anything else to say about this other than it's fantastic? No, you pretty much said it all. Well, I feel bad now. I've just talked about it without letting you say much. No, no, I don't mind. Oh, no, because pe- people listen to this to hear both of us talking. They don't just come to listen to me rambling on. Yeah, yeah, but if you say it all, I'm not going to repeat it. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the only other thing I could say is a bunch of review places. So yes. I'm looking more at like places like Dead Press and stuff. They're giving it like 8 out of 10. Right. One place gave it 7. One web one website gave it an eight again. Some website gave it a three and a half. That's harsh, man. That is harsh. Seven out of ten for this. That, as I said earlier, the only thing that stops it being a nine is the, that bleh, stops it being a ten. Is those random moments? To, to me, this is like nine point five out of ten. Yeah. So well, I mean, we don't give. We say this no. every week. We don't give review ratings, but this is what we would give it. I'd give it like four and a half out of five. Yeah. Uh, else to say? No. You know what? Because of that, I'm gonna let you. Um, I'm gonna let you introduce the next album, and I'm gonna let you start off. Actually, no. You know what? Screw it. We'll do it the other way around. <laughs> I'll introduce it, and then you start the talk on it. Right. Okay. Right. So we have just talked about the de- uh, Royal Swan by Fox Jaw. Yeah. Spelled F. No, not F. God's sake. Spelled P H O X J A W. Fox Jaw. Royal Swan. Go listen to it. It's fantastic. And now we're going to completely switch because. Uh, Foxjaw's album was heavy instrumentally. It was heavy with its guitars. This next album is arguably heavier, but emotionally, I'd say.
we're covering Forever Blue, the debut album from the female singer songwriter. I don't know why I said female. I'll just say female. Singer songwriter A.A. Williams. I'm going to let you start because I know you don't know many artists like this. No, I don't know many artists like this. So I will start off by saying, what do you overall think? Because um, um, I don't know whether you'll like it or not, and this is, I've been excited to hear your thoughts. Right, okay. So I, okay. So before I say anything about the album, I'm first off going to say, I think you like it more than I do. Probably. Just from what you messaged me earlier on in the week. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a good album. It's got, it's got heavy, it's got not heavy, it's got instruments, they're always good in music, instruments. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to talk about the production. The production on all of this album is amazing. See, I, I, if I can just quickly butt in before you go into your production talk. Yeah. I, I'm going to admit, when I wanted to give this album to talk about, I, yeah. I, I, I'm going to be honest, I thought you'd like, you'd have, you'd like the production more than the actual music. Yeah. I think I presumed correctly. Yeah. Okay, right, back to your production yeah. talk. Production. It's very, very good production on this album. It's extremely good production. <laughs> I just said production three times in the same sentence. Wow. Um. <laughs> it, all the songs, the production sounded the same on all the songs. There's not a lot of albums that I think where the production on one track sounds the same on the other track. I know that's quite difficult to do to well it's not but it sort of sounded like this was all one thing that's just been cut up instead of each track being done individually etc yeah I get what you mean um yeah. Yeah, so I think I can already tell that I like this more than you. Oh yes, definitely. But okay, so I don't know if we could put it down like because I prefer it. I think to you, I don't yeah. know if we could put it down to the fact that I am sort of more familiar with this. I don't want to say genre because this really doesn't have a genre. This sort of vague sound, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because the artists that I compare her to don't sound the same. You know, Yeah. this is a lot heavier. It's a lot darker. This is a, well, thematically heavy. This is a lot more bleak than, like, more acoustic driven than the artists I compare her to. Yeah. But I'd still compare her in the fact that she makes quite soft not soft more emotionally driven sort of singer songwriter folk inspired stuff yeah uh, so you know her is that like so I listen to her 
I compare her with saying like artists like Emma Ruth Rundle and then like even even pop artists like Aurora I do draw yeah. similarities in the fact that how they structure their songs and the emotional ways they deliver yeah. and stuff and then um yeah so as I say I probably definitely prefer this to you yes I probably like it way more but uh, then again I think this is that's because this is like probably the first album this year that has actually made me feel stuff yeah because the albums this year have just kind of been oh this is good because it has good riffs this is good because it's heavy this is good because yeah I love this band you know yeah I think this is the first album that I've heard this year you know this probably album's been released this year I've just not heard them this is the first album I've heard this year personally that made me feel stuff right like I I know you don't feel like mind you, you don't I know you're not the most emotional person when it comes to music but if you didn't feel even a tinge of sadness on that last track I'm fine if if yeah. like if you listen to this album and you don't even feel a slight flutter in your heart at that last song called I'm fine yeah you have a heart of stone <laughs> cuz it's one of the saddest things I think I've ever heard yes that I did remember that one being emotional I think no. something to bring up is the way she blends her folk acoustic sounding stuff with other sounds yeah you know obviously the most the most you know the most out there example of that is the song fearless where she's doing her nice little you know typical folk driven you know acoustic rendition song and then suddenly electric guitars just join and then there's some bloke doing proper proper metal growls underneath yeah which you know is one of the most musically interesting things I've heard in a long time yeah I've not heard that done I don't think I've ever really heard it done to that standard yeah um but then again, the guy who's screaming from the band called Court of Luna, who are amazing anyway. Yeah. Um, it's the most, I suppose you could say, traditionally heavy moment on yeah. the record with the screams. Because, obviously, it's got the big guitars. It's, it's like, head-bangy, sort of. But, I, I, to, honestly, that's probably one of the low points on the album for me. Yeah. Because I don't like this album because of its heavier moments. I don't like it that much because of all that. I like it because of its no-nonsense emotion. It's no-nonsense way to saying, look, these are my problems, deal with it. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's roundabout what I can say. Yeah. I've gone through ba- briefly what I could say. I'm not going to cover everything I could possibly say about this because this podcast would end up being about four hours long. Yeah. 
So, it uh, just to uh, you know live up to the podcast name. Is do you think you could pinpoint why you don't like this album as much as me? Yes. Okay. Actually, I made notes about why oh. I didn't like it as much Epic. as you. Epic. So, ev- pretty much every song on this album basically started with like an acoustic type folk type thing with strings in it. Yeah. And then it just sort of ended up being heavier and got electric guitar in it. And it was like a big build. It just, you know, it's every song was that it just got a bit boring in with that. Oh. Oh. It's the most offensive thing you've said all year. It yeah, got boring. Musically. Musically, I felt by track eight, I'd listened to seven other tracks where it started with acoustic guitar and transitioned into a heavier ending. See. Via a crescendo. <laughs> See, I, I probably would say that about any other album. Right. But I think because it's done to such a high standard here, I didn't get sick of it. Right, okay. It's possibly because I, I don't really analyse the lyrics as such. I listen to them, but, but I don't really like analyse them and think about majorly what they mean unless it's laid out on a silver platter as a one would say that's Whereas... like that's always been a point that I'd never understand yeah because then you're missing three quarters of what the music's about yeah I know but that's just what happens if you if you don't look at the lyrics to this album you've missed out on pretty much 80% of the interesting stuff that goes on yeah but that... And to be honest, if you don't look at the lyrics to most albums, you miss most of the interesting stuff that goes on. Yeah. But that's what our dynamic is. You analyse most of the lyrics, and I occasionally well, I, do that. I, I, I really don't, though. Yeah, but you just get them from the start, whereas I tend to, you know, listen to the music and then the lyrics separately. Yeah. I mean, I would say I would recommend starting to pay attention to lyrics. Yeah, it's not that I don't pay attention to lyrics. Like, I definitely do. I just don't analyse them in the same way as you do. Mm. I don't tend to think into meanings. I tend to just look, see what's on the surface. Which is quite of a bad way to think of it. Yeah. See, on, you know, Metacritic. Yes. Um, This album is the 55th best album of the year, apparently. Right. Is it? I'm not sure. Some of the stuff that's above it, I would not say is better. Right. This The Sleaford Mods B-Side collection is apparently better than this. Right. 
apparently. I'm trying to find a bunch of stuff that I actually know because there's a bunch of really stupid six track EP stuff that they're counting. Um, apparently, Trivium is better than this. Right. Mm, at least I can listen to this all the way through. That's something. Um. For fuck's sake, the Hayley Williams album's apparently better than this. Oh, God. <sighs> okay, I, d I don't like Metacritic. I don't like Metacritic anymore. Interestingly, what's the top five albums of the year? Perfume Genius. What the fuck's that? No clue. Paramus Lost is number four. What the? Okay. Didn't expect them there. Number three is the Rose City Band. Mm. No clue. Bob Dylan's number two. And apparently the best album of this year is Fiona Apple. Right. I mean, I heavily disagree, but... Yeah. Then again, not everyone agrees, and that's the point. But, um, yeah, really, I've said all I can really say. You know? Yeah. I, I probably won't, I, I won't listen to this album very much. Yeah. Because I was only listening to it because of, as much as I was listening to it because of what we were going to talk about. Yeah. But now we've talked about it. I probably won't listen to it for a while, or at least I'll only stick on the occasional song. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Because it's not an album that has replay value to me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like an arty movie. When you go and see a really artsy indie movie, you don't want to rewatch it over and over. You just... Yeah. Uh, I'd just like to add something to what I was saying before. Um, I was I was trying to point out mainly the only reason I don't like the album as much as you do is because of my inability to analyse lyrics. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. I mean, I don't really analyse them myself, really. I tend to look at interviews where they explain what they mean, things like yeah. that. Occasionally I will go, oh, I think this means this, but Normally I can't be asked. It's effort. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say? Uh, no. Cool. Well, this week's going smooth, isn't it? Yeah. This week's going really quick. Yeah, Fox Show, we just loved it. That was about it. This one, we had a bit of disagreement, but we both agreed it was pretty good. And then... Jeez. Okay, I don't think we've ever had a smoother week. No. Because normally we end up disagreeing about something. Yeah. Quite heavily. Yeah. Um, so, that brings us on to this week's catch-up record, because that's who it's amazing.
we have a list of records that came out this year that we'd like to cover in the catch-up section of this show. I think I'm correct in saying that top of our list of bands we'd, well, albums we'd like to cover on the catch-up section would be Elephant Tree. Yes. Correct in saying. Um, There is a couple of others that I've put on there, but not really many sort of running out until, you know, obviously something comes out that we can't cover. Um, And, Jared, am I correct in saying you didn't know this album before I... No. Told you. Okay. So, this week's catch-up record is called Panic Machine by the band Gold Key. Yes. Uh, sort of a supergroup, not really a supergroup, because none of the bands that are in were that successful. Um, it's got... Oh, what's he called? Oh, I forgot his name. It's got the old guitarist from Gallows in. I know that much. Uh, yeah, and then a bunch of people from other bands in that sort of scene that I don't care for that much. But, um, yeah, Panic Machine by Gold Key. These are listed, apparently, as a prog rock band. Prog metal. Right. Uh, which I don't hear much of, but I admit. No. So you know what? I'm going to do what I did with the last one. I'm going to chuck it over to you. Seeing as you hadn't heard this album, are you glad that I bought it in? Yes. Yeah. I have a feeling we might be quite similar on this. Possibly. I mean, it's... It's music. Well, that's horrendous. Right. Uh, yeah, it's... Definitely... It's a good album. It's, you know... As albums go, it's a very good one. It's definitely... Not bad. This is good. Do you want me? Do you want me to recover this? <laughs> yes. Recover. Okay. Uh, the main thing that I want to say is, I don't know another album that sounds like this. Right. But there is albums that I would rather listen to. Yes. That I would compare. Exactly. That's what I'm trying like, to say. Like there, there, there's nothing that I go, oh, this Gold Key, like that album sounds like that Gold Key album, but. When listening to this, I was going, you know, that bit makes me want to go listen to this other band. I have a much better album. Yeah. Because, right, I'm going to admit, there's some fucking great songs on here. Yeah. The the opening track's probably my favourite, Sweet Darkness. Yeah. But that's because, for me, it... it, it the, the chorus sounds like a fucking Hairs for Heroes song. Yeah. You know, the... Uh, even the vocalist sounds like the guy from Hers for Heroes. Yeah. With the, what was the last thing on your mind? That thing. That's yeah. straight out of a Hers for Heroes album. And then after that, it just sort of dies off. Yeah. As you listen to the album, as you go on, it just gets goes downhill. And then by the end, you're just listening to a bunch of... You're listening to a song that sounds like every other song that you've heard across the album. Yeah. Literally, I wrote, after the first few, it all sounds the same. Yeah. 
you hear the first song and you go, oh, this sounds different. Wonder what they're exactly. going to do with this. And then you hear the second one and you go, okay, a bit more of this. Then you hear the third one and it's like, okay, a bit more of this. And then from there on, it's just, oh, they're just using that same trick, that same sound over and over. Yeah. But the, the thing is, I wouldn't describe this album as boring. No, it's, it's not boring. It's just, I tend to zone out yeah. during it. It's just average. It becomes there. Yeah. It is present. But this is this is um, what I was trying to bring up with the A.A. Williams album. Yeah. That does the same thing, most songs, but it doesn't make me zone out. Yeah. This, God, you know, add a quirky drum beat in there. Get some massive guitars and then have the singer start doing this weird falsetto thing and you're sorted. Yeah. That's, I'm going to admit, main criticism for the album is the vocals. Yeah. Oh, God. Sometimes, like I said earlier, he sounds like the guy from Hell's Heroes. But then sometimes, mm, not great. No. Uh, I differ from you in that my favourite on the track was Human. Mm. Interesting. Just because I thought that after track one, that was like the first track that re-grabbed my attention again. Yeah. I get where you're coming from. And it it sort of sounded a bit different. I think I think Human's the one which has the idol style drum beat. Um etc yeah uh, none, none of the other components are really idols but it has the idol style floor tom drum beat thing um, see yeah all of the reviews I've seen for this album say that you need to give it time and that you need to give it a week or so of listening and I'm here like I've been listening to it since its release, which was first of May, yeah. So you know, you've been listening to it for the week we've had to listen to it for this thing. Yeah. Has it grown on you since your first listen? No, I think no. I think this was the one album that I didn't listen to more than three times. I listened to this. I listened to it when it came out, the day yeah. it came out. I listened to it a couple of days later. And I would say overall, I've probably heard it seven times in the couple of months it's been out. Well, yeah. month or just over. Every listen, it goes down. Yeah. First listen was my favourite listen. Yeah. If I'm honest. But then all the reviews I'm reading are going, the more time you give it, the more you get from it, you'll be rewarded for sitting with it. And I'm like, do you? Yeah. Like, but the thing is, they all admit that it's really like same sound. Yeah. They're all, like most of the reviews I've read admit that yeah, this album is a bit boring. It's all sort of the same trick over and over again. But it's amazing. And I'm like, is it? Yeah. 
Brands do things like that all the time and don't make it boring. Yeah. You know, most of race guys, race girl backwards, does the same trick. Yeah. Verse, chorus, end of the chorus, play like two, four bars of a riff. Do a verse, do a chorus, then bring that one random riff in from earlier, but heavier, doing like a breakdown. Yeah. That doesn't get boring. Yeah. Or like drop from like a heavy bit keep the heavy instrumentation but bring melodic vocals in it doesn't get boring in like a case like on race car yeah but somehow on this even though it's one of the most unique ways of doing it it just becomes really sort of I don't really know how to describe it other than just dull yeah But it makes it awkward to say dull because it's not dull. Because it's an interesting way of doing it and it's an admittedly really interesting instrumentation. So essentially, <laughs> it's the least it's the least dull dull piece of interesting music ever. It it's a yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's 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 a piece of it's instrumentation that is not but it's really interesting. Until you've heard it like twice, and then it's boring. Yeah. But then again, if you like loud guitars, big drums, higher vocals, you'll probably like this album. Yeah. And I normally like that, but oh, there's something about this album that was just dead. Yeah. It needed. It needed something else that it didn't have it felt like it was missing something yeah and the thing is a lot of albums that do that yeah i get to like the last track or the two last tracks and then they do something interesting and you yeah. think why didn't you do that over the whole album yeah this isn't one of them this is just a there was nothing yeah um i'm just I'd like to talk about the first track and some of the yep. grounds my gears in music and that probably set the tone for me anyway for at least the first four tracks at least mm -hmm. and that is the use of acoustic guitar in the first track I don't know if you can hear it you mean under, you mean you mean underneath the massive electric guitars yeah it's like in the it's in the left ear uh, right ear like really quiet in the right ear and you can but, just hear that they've used it as a yeah. rhythm instrument, which yeah. always gets... Oh, it always but, makes me annoyed. Uh, but when the electric guitars and everything's in, you can't hear what it's playing. You can just hear the sound of the pick... Exactly. ...on the, <laughs> on the strings. And it absolutely annoys me to the point where I won't listen to the music of an album anymore because it has that acoustic guitar chugging essentially in it and I managed to look pa look past it on the second listen but on the first listen <sighs> set me off <laughs> set me off <laughs> that also made it go down in my estimation yeah okay let, let, I'm just going to end this with let's discuss one thing yeah Distorted Sound magazine. Right. 
the album that reviewed Baron in the Womb, the album that reviewed Sugar Horse. Pretty well. They gave pretty decent opinions on it. Gave this album a 9 out of 10. Right. And now I'm just trying to figure out where they've gone wrong. Yeah. I mean, they're not necessarily wrong. No. They're, they're just not. off. <laughs> and this is this is sort of why I wanted to bring this in for us to talk about because it's really interesting that something so musically interesting is at the same time so musically boring. Yeah. But then again, you could just put it down to like overexposure. Yeah. Oh, God. Just talking about this album is now giving me a headache. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. Let's... <laughs> That doesn't no, mean it's, it's bad. Some albums, there as in like some albums give you a headache because like they're so loud and chaotic, and I like that sometimes. But sometimes, yeah. oh god, you get a headache because they're just annoying to talk about. Yeah. Because they're neither this nor that. They're not great, but they're not terrible. Yeah. And the worst part is normally the ones that aren't great but aren't terrible are just boring. But this isn't even boring. Yeah. It's not bad, but it's not great, but it's not boring. Yeah. What does that make this? This is... Ev <sighs> we shall come up with a new name. Um, we're going to call this a meh. Yeah, we'll call it a meh. It's the, this album will now be considered a meh. You know, honestly, if I was like... If I was like had to rate it out of five, I don't know, two point five. Yeah. There's bits of it that I like. There's bits of it that I don't like. Yeah, there's bits that could be improved. Yeah. But it's ultimately there's bits that you know. Yeah. Have merit. Bits to have merit. Yeah, there's, and I will, I will, I will support the band for going in the direction they have, because you know it's it's at least interesting they're trying something new. Yeah. They sort of missed the mark on it. Well, that was Panic Machine by Gold Key. Because you know, I forgot to say the name of the A.A. Williams album at the end of the A.A. Williams section, so I'm just gonna reinstate Panic Machine. <laughs> this ain't really contradicting now. Not contradicting. Is it contradicting that I'm thinking of? Yes. I'm thinking of a word and it's not contradicting, but. God. Uh, I'll think of it later. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna stick to our usual thing now. And say what time's flowing now.
last segment as normal is the person it's the pp section yes the personal pick section where we take in turns to pick an album that we either love we hate or we just find interesting to talk about so yeah so so far we have done united by fate by rival schools we have done uh, pet sounds by the peach boys turnstiles by billy joel um, oh god London Calling London Calling and we've done Dirt by Alice in Chains yeah. and this week well last week episode 6 was Jared's choice and Jared yeah. picked Doolittle by the Pixies so I'm going to hand over to Jared to explain why he thought of giving that album for us to talk about yeah uh, so I picked this album um, I'm pretty sure I decided to not stick with the trends of the classic album thing etc uh, yeah. and I decided to go with Do Little by the Pixies because it, it's quite different to what we've already done in the personal pick section uh, in terms of just genre um, and there's not really much that we've done that sounds like it and also, I went with my personal favourite Pixies album. Um, knowing that it's not Kevin's favourite Pixies album. Well, I, I would just quickly put in here. Yeah. I don't listen to Pixies that much. Yeah. And I also don't tend to listen to Pixies albums. Right. As in, I, Are you I, one I, of them uh, best of people? I, I really can't remember the last time I went, you know what, I want to listen to a Pixies album front to back. Yeah. I don't know why. To be fair, this is the only one that I'd listen to front to back. It's the only one I can listen to front to back. I've listened to Surfer Rosa more than this front to back. Right. Yeah. Okay. Which is the first one. Yeah. This is the second for people that don't know. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Uh, so, Kevin, I'm throwing to you. Okay. Um, where to start? I think this is. Pro- I think this is the second album we've done. The first being United by Fate that we both know. Yeah. Very well. That we both at least can name a few songs often that we like. Yeah. I can only tell you probably like it more than me. Yeah. Because I don't listen to it very much. Then again, like I said, I don't listen to Pixies very much. But that's because this album is weird. Yeah. This album both highlights what I like and what I don't like about Pixies. Yep. But it's the same thing. What I like and what I don't like is the exact same thing. Right. Some songs sound really rough. Yeah. Sound really, you know, quite loud, dynamic, have all that just weird stuff going on and it doesn't sound really proper because it's got random crap shoved in it. Yeah. And I like that on some songs. Yeah. And then some songs, I don't... (laughs) 
yeah. Some songs it just sounds like they've gone, hey, we've got this aesthetic of not sounding like we know how to write a song. So let's just have this decent idea for a song and then shove a bunch of random noises in it. Yeah. I... That's essentially my main problem with this album. Yeah. The I... aesthetic that they created for themselves on Surfer Rosa, they brought over to this album and then it just feels like they they only have that aesthetic because it's what they feel like they're known for. I got that from this album as well. There is a lot of... Yeah. I even wrote the production for this album. It sounds very homemade and rough. Yeah. Even though you can sort of tell that it isn't. I think that's the thing. That I think that's the point. Yeah. They're supposed to sound made in a garage or something like that. And honestly, why? Yeah. How would you want that? I think Imagine some of these it... songs with better production would sound yeah. way better. Yeah. Almost definitely. But you know, opening track, Debaser, great song. Love it. Yeah. You know, Wave of Mutilation, love it. Great. Yeah. Uh, I think. What's it called? Monkey Gone to Heaven. You know, Crackety Jones, Number 13, Baby. They're all. Great, yeah. but then you get songs like I don't know, Silver, Dead. Yeah, they're just sort of we're gonna write a song that sounds like what people expect us to sound like. Yeah, probably just of me, but I, I, just, I don't like I, those ones very much. Sometimes I don't get what they're going for. Yeah, sounds like they're a bit confused as to what they want. Yeah. Yeah. So I did. I did read that there was a lot of fighting while this album was being recorded. So it's possible that most likely, yes. That that caused that could be the reason that it's so up and down. Like how yeah. they're so different on those songs is because one was trying to make the other one. The fighting was between Kim Deal. And the singer, I believe. Mm. Uh, I don't know his first name. Something something quite annoying. Yeah. Which I read was... You know, the song There Goes My Gun. Yeah. was apparently supposed to be a much faster song. Right. Apparently in the style of Huskadoo. Right. But then I think it was the... I'm not sure whether it was like... I'm not sure who it was. But someone essentially said, slow it down. Right. I think it's too, I think it was one of the producers said, slow it down. So they slowed it down. And I'm like, why? Oh, that All song want... faster would have made it Just way better. <laughs> Pixie's doing a Huskadoo style song. Sounds great. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, I will admit, lyrically, I've not looked at it much because from the small amount I know, it's pointless looking at it. Yeah. But, um, okay, so I'm, I'm just going to throw back to you. Yes. So, 
Was the reason you picked this album because you particularly like it or because you thought it would be interesting to sort of discuss? Um, I picked it mainly because I thought it would be quite interesting to discuss and it just happened to so be my favourite Pixies album. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm guessing you know how well this was received. Yes. Well, I looked at some reviews. They were like, I'm pretty sure then, most of them were 10 out of 10. Yes. And then there was one that was like, that rated it in some weird way. Uh, what, B plus? Yeah. Yeah. But... Uh, something that annoys me is how many of my... How many of like my favourite bands have gone? Whoa. We really wanted to sound like Pixies. I'm like, and I'm like, yes, but the stuff you made that tried to sound like Pixies is ten times better than what the Pixies ever did. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you know. After recording "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Yeah. They all sat around and went, "Whoa, we might get like hated on for this. This sounds like Pixies quite a lot." And I'm like, really? He wrote Smells Like Teen Spirit and thinks it sounds like Pixies. And then um, James Iyer from Smashing Pumpkins yeah. described it as a classic pop record. Right. And I'm like, what? You're James fucking Iyer and you're going to say that this is a, like a classic record. What? Yeah, it's a bit weird. Uh, so yeah there was there was fights during it yeah uh, you know loads of like, stress and stuff they didn't go to like tour parties and then soon after they were like yeah we're breaking up for a bit going yeah. on a break but <laughs> it's 38 minutes long right yeah. The actual album. Yeah. And I personally think it feels a lot longer. It does a bit, yeah. M most of the songs are like two minutes. There's a yeah, few I'm songs on here which are one minute summer. And yeah. I'm going to be honest, when by. I listen to it, when I listen to it, I don't usually listen past track 10. Usually. Yeah. That would explain it. Okay. <laughs> so, you, it's your favourite Pixies album, but you only listen to, like, two-thirds of it. Yeah. I mean, I, lis I listened to the last... I've listened to the last third. I just, you know... Often, so, uh, when I listen to the album in full, I tend to just skip the last ten because there's not really much that I like listening to on there. Apparently, NME voted it the second best album. Right. I think, just in general. What, what, that was in, like, 2003, though. Yes, but still. Yeah. That was 
I mean, Norway voted it the 30 best album from the year 1970 to 1988, and that was number one on that scale. Didn't it come out in 1989, though? Yes. But this was looking at 1970 to 1998. Um, fun fact. Yeah. On Pitchfork. Yeah. Doolittle was rated the third best album of 1989. Right. Um, I'm just going to say, before I say what's number two and number one, underneath that, so albums that are worse than Doolittle by the Pixies are Pretty Hate Machine by Nine Inch Nails. Apparently that's worse. Technique by New Order. Apparently that's worse. Like a Prayer by Madonna. Apparently that's worse. There's some good stuff on here. There's God of Thunder by White Zombie. Apparently worse. Yeah. Okay, I don't like Pitchfork anymore, I've confirmed. <laughs> apparently The Real Thing by Faith Are No More. Are you only just is... discovering that? Faith. Apparently Faith No More is worse than Pixies. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with lots of the re- lots of the marks this album gets. Or Get where it was placed. Well, I disagree with most of the stuff on this list. To be honest. Yeah. Apparently the second best album of 1989 was Stone Roses. No. Can I just say, it's got a score of 100 out of 100. It's a perfect album, apparently. Wait, is it the first Stone Roses one? Yeah, first one. Mm. It's the only one that people... It's the only one that people care about, apparently. I've discovered. I mean, to be honest, it's the only one that I listen to as a record. Yeah. The rest of them I pick singles off and then leave them. And, um... I do sort of agree with their best pick for 1989, though. What's Apparently the best the best, the best album in 1989 was Paul's Boutique, which I do yeah. agree with. Yeah. It's also got 100 out of 100, which I do sort of agree with, because it is a pretty much perfect I don't think album. it should be on the same scale as the Stone Roses, though. Yeah, I'm confused by how they're just sort of giving every album that they like. You can't really compare, but... Um, <laughs> that's that's like saying, um, I might just cut that. What I just said that out there. <laughs> Is it raining? No clue. Yes, it's raining. <laughs> right, ready? I'm I'm just gonna, right, pause. We'll go back in. Ready? Okay, so I just want to read a little excerpt from the BBC review. Right. This is from 2009, because obviously they couldn't do it immediately back when. Yeah. Um, now, 20 years on, Doolittle's power and influence has barely been beaten. It was this album that inspired Kurt Cobain's vision for Nirvana. <laughs> Had everyone from Bowie to Radiohead blur to PJ Harvey awestruck and when they reformed, one of the first to do so in the last few years before it got silly. It was Doolittle that many middle-aged indie people were wanting to hear. There is little flab or room for negotiation with Doolittle. Its 15 tracks could be released now and still wipe the floor with many of the late noughties efforts. It's as perfect today as it was back then. Genuinely amazing. That's blowing smoke up its arse, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I definitely don't agree with that. But 
I do agree that this is an interesting album to talk about. Yes, it's definitely very interesting. <laughs> it, but it's the thing of why did this album get so well reviewed? Why did Pixies get, you know, oh my god, this band are incredible, 100 out of 100, 5 out of 5, epic album. And then, you know, bands like The Breeders hardly got any attention. Yeah. You know, bands like The Violent Femmes, like Pavement, got like hardly any attention. Yeah. You know, it's quite annoying, honestly. Because I would have much rather had many other bands. Yeah. You know. Oh, I I would rather have had many other bands from that scene get massive. Hmm. Oh uh, yeah, I must say. I do prefer Breeders to Pixies. Breeders are far better. Yeah. Same bassist, but. It's bassist who's the singer mm. but I mean it's far better yeah um okay so I, d- I don't really know if there's much else to say no it's just good well, well it's good but it's not amazing. Yeah, it's, you know, if you have the time, it's a good album to listen to, and it's got some pretty good tracks on it. Yeah. It's not like one that you have to listen to. It's like, I mean, it's on the list of, I think it's like, in the top 100 albums you must listen to before you die. It's in the Rolling Stones top 500 list, the one that you I think it's like to. 221, isn't it, somewhere? Yeah, it's quite low down. It's... But... You know. Yeah. Um... This episode's it... been short, hasn't it? It has. But then again, not really complaining. No. So... There just hasn't been much to say. There's been two really good albums. Yeah. There's been a album that's okay but not amazing and then there's been this which is alright yeah. but not great but good when it's good it's good Yeah. but when it's it's not really it's not even bad it's just sort of I think it, this album is if I could describe this album in one word I'd say confused yeah it doesn't know what it wants to be yeah it doesn't go for a particular sound they just sort of yeah they just sort of do what they want to. Yeah. And it's a bit annoying. Sometimes it's annoying. Sometimes it's not. But yeah. Well. Oh. So yeah. That was Doolittle by Pixies. Pretty good pick, to be honest. Yeah. It Pretty provoked darn some good, good conversation. Pick. It did. Um, right, Kevin, um, it's your time to pick for yeah, next week. I'm trying to decide between two. So, 
this is hard. Which one? Hmm. See. This is genuinely a hard decision, you know, now that I've started. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, this is probably going to be quite boring to the listeners at home listening to me just going hmm for ages but jeez this is just hard see this is what we go through every week when we have to pick albums that you have that you it, listen it is. to I had I had I had one in mind but now I'm questioning it and don't know whether I actually want to do it right well yeah or if there's another one that would be better um I'm going to be here forever man I'm going to be here forever thinking about what I want to do um no screw it screw it next week we'll I'm going back to this thing of albums that I consider amazing right you know I probably won't say it's a classic but I'd say it's a an incredible record yeah but I don't think you've ever checked it out I know you'll have heard the band name because I've wanged on about them for, to you for ages like yeah. this is one of their bands that you'll have heard me just sort of ranting on about how good they are for a while uh, yeah this isn't a classic album but it's an album that I consider fucking fantastic so next week we'll be talking about the album Dirty by Sonic Youth ooh right I will incredible write 90s grunge tinged indie and it's I mean I'm probably going to get shouted at for calling it that but that's what I call it yeah it's it's not Sonic Youth's best album right but it is a fantastic one okay so that was episode 7 of for discussion's sake podcast that that episode really went really quick yeah, they're, they're, it's probably because um, it's like forty-five minutes shorter than all the others. It probably is because no single of the week, and we didn't mess around with most of the albums. Yeah. Oh, um, we didn't even do a salad reference. Stop talking about salads, Jared. There you go. Got one in there. Yes. But um, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if I call this episode boring. No, it's definitely not but as I bad think, as episode five. But but I think if you're not interested in the music side of what we talk about, it might be. Yeah. Because normally, you know, we talk about music, but then we have a couple of jokes which people can latch onto. But I think this this week was a lot more about the actual music than anything. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So yeah, this week we covered, you know, we covered Royal Swan by Foxjaw. Forever Blue by A. Williams, Panic Machine by Gold Key, and Doolittle by the Pixies. So, 
thanks for listening to episode yeah. seven. Again, the... I apologise about episode five. We apologise for the bland slog that episode five is, and you don't have to listen to it if you don't want to. And we also apologise for the mixing up of the um, scheduling and that, which should be fixed now. We will get back on it. Yeah. Get back on it. Na, 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 na. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for listening to episode 7 of the For Discussion's Sake podcast. Just thanks for listening in general. Yeah. We appreciate it. We appreciate that people actually like listening to us ramble on about random crap. Yeah, so if you would like to recommend us an album, because honestly, soon we might start running out of albums to cover. Yeah. Because there's going to reach a period soon where no one's going to be releasing anything. So if you'd like to drop us a suggestion, you can email us at for discussion's sake podcast at gmail.com or you can go to our Instagram and DM us at for discussion's sake podcast. Underscore podcast. Underscore podcast. Underscore podcast. Ah, God. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, also, we're in a band. You should uh, check us out as well. Cause oh, we flipped, flipped yeah. it around this week. Yeah. Well, I thought it might be getting a bit stale. You know, the... Yeah. Can you hear it? Oh, I hear self-promotion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was awful. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're in a band. You should check us out. Because, well, it's pretty stale at the minute. But it won't be soon. Soon. So that's we underscore r underscore all underscore outposts. Podcast. (laughs) We are all podcasts. We are all outposts. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so. Again, one last time. Thank you for listening. It genuinely. (laughs) It's genuinely nice to see that people like listening to us talk. Yeah. Gives us validation. Yeah. Right, and we will see you on, on episode. Hang on, what should, they do? what should they do, Karen? Oh, I almost <laughs> forgot. You should go and you should go and follow all the bands that we talked about today. You should go and listen to the albums that we talked about. Get your own opinion. Messages if you like. Mm, I agree with you. Then we'll be like cool. Then if you say your opinion's wrong, we'll be like you're wrong, you knob. <laughs> you can get, you can cut that if you want. Maybe not, but yeah. I'm gonna leave it so, in just for the fun of it. <sighs> <laughs> no, no, we won't. We won't, we won't be like that. We'll there, go, like... there goes my reputation. <laughs> we, we'll be like we. Uh, we, we respect we will... your opinion. Thanks for messaging us. And yeah, then, messages yeah. will be really nice if you do. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best outro to the podcast. Yeah, right. The one where we'll we haven't see... used the script. We will see you next week for yeah. episode eight. I have no clue what we're covering because I don't know what's coming out. It we might dip. do a catch might do a catch it week, might do all new stuff, might be a bit of both, you never know. I tell you all it'll definitely is, be Sonic well, Youth. It'll definitely be dirty by Sonic Youth, that is right. So we will now actually say goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye listeners. Salutations. Salutations.